You are listening to the weekly podcast of Northeast Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We pray you enjoy today's message. Living translation of that text says in verse 35 that Jesus said unto the disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. I want to talk to you this morning from this thought. Stop underestimating God. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, tell him, say, stop underestimating God. Have any of you ever been in that situation in your life? where you have underestimated the power of the Almighty God? Well, I stopped by Northeast Baptist Church this morning uh, to tell you on this day, May the 7th, 2023, stop underestimating God. Listen, listen, listen. Here's what I need you to understand. Fear and faith cannot live in the same body. If you're going to be fearful, then that means you have no faith. But if you have faith, then you know that the God that we serve has the power to deliver us from any and do I have a witness in the building today that knows that the God that we serve has the power. Look at your neighbor say he has the power. Now come on look at your other neighbor say he has the power. Our God can do anything but fail. See, you got to know, you got to know, and I said this yesterday, you got to know that God has already worked out what you're trying to figure out. See, some of us can't grow in Christ because some of us are too busy trying to be Christ. Y'all miss that. Y'all miss that. Some of us cannot grow in Christ because some of us are too busy trying to be Christ. And what we need to learn on this day is we got to learn how to stay in our lane. That's what the young folk used to say, baby, learn how to stay in your lane. See, you are not God. You didn't put the heaven, the moon in the sky. You didn't put the sun in the sky. You didn't place the stars. God is God and we are his creation. We're so busy trying to determine our own outcome. We're so busy staying up late at night, pacing the floors, wondering how things are going to work out and wondering how we can do X, Y, and Z to make things happen when baby, all you got to do is put it in the hands of God. See, if you're trying to play his position, then you're clearly underestimating who he is. Look at the text. Here in this text, Jesus had been preaching all day long. Uh, He had been using parables to teach the disciples about the kingdom of God. And after a full day, he told the disciples that he wanted to cross over 
to the other side of the lake. Uh, they were crossing over the Sea of Galilee. And Mark writes that they got into the boat and there were other little boats with them. But as they crossed over the Sea of Galilee, a fierce storm hit and threatened to sink the boat. Uh, the disciples got nervous. Uh, they thought they were going to die, but Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat. Uh, the Bible says, Mark writes, that they went down into the stern of the boat uh, and they woke him up and they said, Master, carest thou not uh, that we perish. Uh, they woke him up and, and told him that the wind and the rain was threatening to sink the ship. And I love Jesus. Jesus never gets too excited. Uh, he just got up from his sleeping position. And the Bible says that he looked at the wind and looked at the sea and he said, peace be still. Oh, that's power right there, y'all. I don't know about you, but I've been in some torrential rain and some storms. I've been out on the ocean when the seas got choppy, but the God that we serve has the power to look at the most powerful storm and say, peace, be still. But then after he stilled the storm, he looked at the disciples and he reprimanded them. He asked them, where is your faith? And I see three things in this text that believers should know about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that will help you to never underestimate God again as long as you're living on this earth. I'm going to share them with you, and then I'm going to take my seat. Uh, the first thing I see is that he never defaults on a commitment. He never defaults on a commitment. And y'all know what default means, right? Uh, you made an arrangement with the electric company and you, you told them that you were going to pay a certain amount towards your past due bill for the next six months. And, and then you, 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 you forgot the commitment that you made and you only paid the regular portion of the bill, but you did not pay the overage. And one day you came home from work and flipped the switch and nothing. I, I, wish, I wish somebody in here had been in the position I've been in in my life. I... I ain't always had the ends to meet every need. Y'all not praying with me this morning. Yeah, when you don't pay that bill, you have defaulted on your commitment. Uh, Y'all know what default means. You use your cell phone to do everything under the sun. As a matter of fact, many people, when they go in their rooms now, they don't even turn on the television. I, I look at Jackson in the middle of the night, and his room is pitch black, and I say, son, is your television not working? As a matter of fact, makes me think I didn't pay the cable bill because he's not watching TV, but he's on his iPad, and he's on his phone watching movies and watching cartoons. Uh, uh, but the thing that we do with our phones. We text on them. We call on them. We pay our bills on them. But then one day we get up and try to use our cell phone and then we realize there's no bars on them. There's no bars on them because they've been sending you mail and email and text messages telling you that you owe $225 but you did not pay your you, 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 anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, yeah. Say, you know, one of the hard parts about being in church administration is keeping up with your members uh, because they give you a phone number on the sheet when they come and join the church. But by the time six months rolled by, they didn't had about five different phone numbers. They, they, they got one phone for text messages, another phone to get Wi-Fi so they can, y'all not pray with me this morning. Look at the text. Look at the text. See, because we default all the time. We default in relationships. Uh, we tell folk we love them, but then when they make us mad, we act like we ain't never known them a day in our lives. Am I talking to anybody out here? Uh, we tell folk till death do us part until the next fine one walks by. Am I talking about... I'm trying to talk real up in here. We default all the time. Amen? Pastor, I'll be at church every Sunday for all this year. Look out in the congregation and you don't see them until they, until what? What, what is it? CME, Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter. We default all the time. But the God that we serve has never defaulted on a commitment. The God that we serve is always holds up his end of the bargain. Look at the text. Look at the text. Jesus said, what? Let's go across to the other side. Look at it again because y'all missed that. This is my first point. I said he never defaults on a what? On a commitment. He said, let's cross. Let's go over to the other side. Uh, uh, he did not say we might get to the other side. He did not say, let's do our best to make it to the other side. He said, there may be some obstacles in the way, but we're going to try to get... No, Jesus said, we're going over to the other side. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's a commitment right there. Yeah, that, that, that's a commitment right there. That's a guarantee. That's a promise that whatever Jesus says is going to happen. What I'm trying to say is if Jesus said it, then that settles it. Storms may come and storms may go, but Jesus said we're going to the other side. Winds may blow, but Jesus said we're going to the other side. Listen, your money may get tight, but Jesus said you're going to the other side. The enemy may have you surrounded, but guess what? Jesus said you're going. Y'all not praying with me this morning. Let me tell you something. Things may not look good in your life right now, but if Jesus said you're going to the other side, then you're going to make it. Let me tell you, you may have sickness in your body right now, but if Jesus said you're going... I wish I had a witness up in here, up in here, that knows that if Jesus said it, then that settles it. If he told you you're going to make it, Somebody in here today, somebody in here today is worried about how they're going to pay their next bill. But baby, stop worrying if Jesus said you're going to the other side. It's a commitment. If Jesus gives you his word, if Jesus tells you you're going to make it, then you're going to make it. And listen, stop worrying about folk that walk away from you. 
Stop worrying about folk that turn their back on you. Stop worrying about people that talk about you and gossip about you. Stop worrying about folk that lie on you. Stop thinking that you can't make it if certain folk ain't in your life. Baby, all you got to have is Jesus. And if Jesus said you're going to make it, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to make it. I don't care what the devil may say. I'm going to make it. Somebody ought to be doing a holy dance up in here right now because the world told you you weren't going to make it. The world told you you would be a failure. The criminal justice system said you're going to be a part of it for the rest of your life. But Jesus had other plans. And guess what? You are still here and you are going to... See, when I used to, there was a time when I used to be a fighter. Now, when you're a fighter, you don't always want to fight. Sometimes you want to bark loud enough that folk won't mess with you. Am I talking to anybody out there? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you want to bark loud enough that folk will go, hi, man. One of my favorite lines when I used to bark, and I'll bark now if you push me hard enough. I used to say, you don't know who you messing with. Y'all not praying with me right now? Let's take it off the street and bring it into the sanctuary. If you know the Lord God and you know what he's done in your life, then stop worrying, baby. You don't know who you messing with. I done talked about that center aisle yesterday. We don't have folk walking down the center aisle in the middle of church. Amen. Amen. He has never defaulted on a commitment. You got to know who you messing with. Uh, he told them that we are going to cross over to the other side. And if God has promised you something, you best believe it's going to happen. That's the first point. That's the first point, man. He never defaults on a commitment. Here's the second point. Here's the second thing I see in the text that tells you that you better stop underestimating God. Uh, you got to understand he's always in control. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody talk back to me. He's always in control. Look at the text. Look at the text. Look at the text. Mark's right that there was a storm that came. Waves poured in the boat and threatened to sink the boat. Come on, come on, come on. I don't know how many of you have been out on the ocean uh, when a storm has come, but it's a frightening thing. Uh, and Mark writes that the storm came and the wind started to blow and the water filled the boat. Uh, but they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and I had to do a little research on the Sea of Galilee, uh, and it says that it was not uncommon, Makai, for fast storms to come over the Sea of Galilee. Now, you know the disciples that Jesus called. He called several disciples that were fishermen. So there were some fishermen on this boat, and common sense would dictate 
indicate that they've probably been in this situation before. Uh, but, but, but I would argue that the difference between their past experience and this encounter, watch this, is that Jesus was in the boat with y'all not praying with me. I'm I'm trying to talk to somebody. Come here, believer. Come here, somebody that's doubting. Come here, somebody that's fearing. The thing I want you to know is that when you have Jesus with you, it may look like you're sinking. It may look like trouble is all around you. It may look like you're not going to make it. But you always got to remember that you got Jesus. Hmm. Anybody here experienced some life storms? Anybody experienced some storms in life before you gave your life to the Lord? Huh? And it looked like it was almost going to destroy you. But now that you gave your life to him, now that you got Jesus in the boat with you, even though it looks like you're sinking, you got a life raft. You got, you got something that's going to help you float. And look at your neighbor. I'm going to float. I'm going to float. I'm not sinking. I'm going to float. The disciples got nervous. But Jesus was in the storm with them. They thought they were going to die. But Jesus was in the storm with them. Uh, they went to wake him up and asked him if he was concerned about their fate when all they really needed to do was recognize that Jesus was in the storm with them. I'm trying to preach to somebody today. Maybe I'm a little rusty. I don't know. But I'm trying to talk to somebody in here today. I don't know what's troubling your mind. I don't know what's heavy on your heart. But what I do know is that if Jesus is with you. He's got everything under control. And when you have that blessed assurance, you can proclaim like David, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Anybody got Jesus? 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 Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Tracy, listen. I know that enemies, naysayers, in the street we used to call them something stirrers. Y'all ain't been saved all your life. Stop looking at me funny. You're going to encounter some stirrers in your life. But how is it that you claim faith? but you worrying about what some Negro is saying about you. How 
is it that you're going to stop and allow somebody to block your blessing, block your progress, block your calling because of some nonsense that they said when you know you got Jesus. Jesus. Somebody ought to be able to say it. I got Jesus. I ain't going to let nobody stop me from serving the Lord. I ain't going to let nobody stop me from walking with him. Baby, say what you want about me, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep singing. I'm going to keep testifying because the Lord did too good. We got to stop underestimating God. He never defaults on a commitment. He's always in control. But finally, but finally, we got to stop underestimating God. Here's why. Beverly, because he detests our unbelief. Can I, can I say that again? We got to stop underestimating God because he detests our unbelief. Look at the text. Look at the text. It says, after calming the storm, Jesus turned to the disciples. After he told the wind and the rain to cease, after he said, peace be still, then he turned his attention to the disciples. The one that should have known him the best. The one that had been walking with him for three years. Uh, and he looked at them and, and, and he said to them, oh, wait a second, can I go back? They had, they had seen him perform miracles. They had seen him heal the sick. They had seen him provide food for the hungry. They had seen him raise the dead. But yet, somebody say yet. See, because all of us are guilty of some yet moments. We know what the Lord has brought us through. We know how he healed our body. We know how he brought our family back together. We know how he cleaned up and sin sanitized our mind. But yet, yet, when they got into trouble, they still underestimated I want you to know that trials and tribulations will come. Some of us have been in church all our lives. That doesn't make you immune from the darts of the enemy. You're going to face trials. Somebody thinking right now, and you want to say it out loud, I've been facing trials all week long. Seemed like as soon as some one thing was solved, another thing popped up. Seemed like as soon as I got one enemy dealt with, a new enemy popped up. Seemed like as soon as I got one bill paid, I got a late notice for a bill that I forgot about. I wish I had somebody in here this morning that's willing to testify that you've been going through some hell. But when you're in the midst of your test, and it seemed like you can't make it through. 
I wish I could say something that came from Harvard. I wish I could say something that came from Princeton. I wish I could say something that was so intellectually profound that it would make you say, oh, pastor been studying and working. Uh, but, but, but all I can do is say something that came from grandmama. And what grandmom said is when you're going through hell, you still got to believe. You got to believe that he will work it out. Is there anybody in the building that knows that God will work it out? That the Lord will make a way. That he will make a way out of no way. Has he done it for you? Has he done it for you? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Let me share this story with you. And I'm going to take my seat. One Friday, one Friday, I stopped at the Wawa. Y'all remember the old Wawa that used to sell batteries? Deodorant and toothpaste? All you can get in Wawa now is food. I don't always want food when I stop at Wawa. But I stopped at Wawa on this occasion, Everett, to get some gas. And when I parked my car, and those of you that drive, you know, even if you walk, every now and again, the line, somebody walk up to you and ask you for some money. Anybody ever been there? I'm like Eddie Murphy. I don't know what spare change is. But anyway, on this particular Friday, Nakisa, this guy, when I was getting out of my truck, he walked over to me and he says, sir, he says, my family and I have no place to stay. And we've had nothing to eat for the last day and a half. And you know, because we're approached by so many people, some cynicism rose up within me. And I didn't necessarily believe what this brother was telling me. And so he could probably see in my face that I really wasn't buying what he was selling. And so he pointed to his minivan. And in the minivan was his wife in the front seat, all of his children in the back seat. And then in the back of the minivan looked like there were suitcases and boxes loaded up to the rim. So I said, all right. I said, okay. Uh, I went into the store. I said, I'll be back. And I went into the store, and as I went into the store to get what I needed, I said, I'm going to give this gentleman $10. Uh, I had just gone to the ATM, uh, and I took out a large sum of money because I was going to take that and move it into another account where all of my automatic debits come through at the beginning of the month. Uh, and so I had all of this cash on me that I was going to go put it in the bank, and, and, and I said, I'm going to take $10 from this money and I'm gonna give it to this, this gentleman to help him out. And, 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 and as I was walking out the door, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And the Holy Spirit said, no, don't give him $10. Give him everything that's in your pockets. I said, I said is this the Holy Spirit? So 
So I put the $10 back in my pocket. I put the $10 back in my pocket, Stephen, and I pulled out a 20. I said, all right, I won't give him $10. I'm going to give him 20. And as I got closer to the man, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, I didn't say 20. I said, give him everything that's in your pocket. And I said, well... I started going up into a soprano. Uh, Lord, I got bills to pay. I, it's the beginning of the month. I, got, I don't just have one mortgage. I got two mortgages. I, I got to pay tuition. I got, I got all of these bills, Lord, that, that I got to take care of. But you telling me give him all the cash that's in my pockets. So I got up to the man. Uh, uh, motion all over me. And I, I put the 20, I put the 20 million back in my pocket. And I, I went on the other side of my pants where the rest of the money was. And I, I pulled out all the money that was in my hand. And I handed it over to the gentleman. And, 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 and he started to cry. And I did too. And, and, and he wanted to talk to me. And I said, man, get away from me before I hit you over the head and take my money back. So I, so I got in the car. I got in the car, and I, I started to drive home. And, and as I drove home, I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I, I got stuff to do. And so I get home, and by the door when I get home, now here's the thing, here's the beautiful part about having no responsibility. Even though my sons get home before me, they never look at the mail by the door. They just leave it there. And so typically when I get home, I'll pick up the mail, take it in, look and see who it was, what it's from, what it is. I was so disgusted, Reverend Waddy, that I left the mail sitting, and I went to my room and just turned on some rustling. When all else fails, turn on some rustling. So I watched some rustling until I soothed my nerves and then the next morning I got up, I picked up that stack of mail said, I'll read it when I get to the office. When I got to the office I always open up my mail by the shredder because there's certain things that come in your mail that are junk mail. Uh, and I don't want to waste my time opening up junk mail, right? So I have the shredder on when I'm opening up my envelopes and, and there was this one envelope that looked like junk mail. It was in a pink envelope and something told me don't shred it before you open it but open up this envelope and when I open up the envelope I'm going somewhere it was from a property title company and the letter said sir you did a transaction with us three years ago but we miscalculated your escrow and here's a refund and can I tell you something that refund was six times more than what I gave the man is there anybody in the building that knows that you better stop underestimating God? He's bread when you're hungry. He's watered when you're thirsty. And I don't care what the world may bring. My soul, my soul, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Billows may roll. Breakers may dash, but I 
shall not sway because he hold me fast. My soul. Is there anybody in the building? Is there anybody in the building? Is there anybody in the building that can testify that your soul has been anchored in the Lord? Stop underestimating God. Stop underestimating God. Let me tell you something. He never defaults on a promise. He's always in control. And he detests our unbelief. So no matter what you're going through, stay on the Lord's side. Stay on the Lord's side. And keep your soul anchored in the Lord. Standing all over the building. Standing all over the building. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. I like that. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Come on. The doors of the church are open. We got four standing in front of us. Is there another this morning? All you got to do is give your hand to the deacon, but give your heart to the Lord. Stop underestimating God. I promise you that he's always in control. He never defaults. He detests our unbelief. Come on. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.